To kick off each hour of the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive, we've asked the Catholic schools in the Archdiocese to say a prayer. Hi everyone, my name is Lauren and I'm a senior at Blessed Trinity Catholic High School. Being able to attend such an amazing school has been such a blessing, especially being able to be involved with campus ministry and having such wonderful teachers. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your glory and your unconditional love towards all of your children. I ask that you come upon each of these listeners, that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit and be witnesses to your glory in everything that they do. Help us as believers to spread your holy gospel like wildfire, proclaiming your name in whatever we do. Enlighten our minds to receive and utilize the intellect that you give us, and fill us with your guidance as we navigate this world filled with earthly temptations. Help us to be good representatives of what the Catholic faith truly is all about, which is glorifying you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Listen to AM 1160, The Quest. And we are back in the last hour of the pledge drive. And, and it's like, you know, kind of like baseball. You know, you got the you, you got your power hitter hitting the cleanup position. We bring in Father Henry <laughs> from St. Lawrence in Lawrenceville. Thank you. Thank to, you, Dave. To, for, the, for the cleanup position here. Right. Um, we are now at uh, $24,660. That's what we're working to get before 6 o'clock. Okay. Is that doable, Father? Well, we'll see what we could do. <laughs> I think we could put a significant dent on that, but I'm not sure how, let's, let's how see much what we're going to do. do. Let's, let's work it and see. And I, okay. Like I was saying last hour, I mean, I don't expect anybody to write a check for $24,660, right. but maybe if they wanted to, we're going to accept we're it. We're going to accept it. That's uh, right. But, but maybe, maybe just the $60 is all you could cover. Sometimes we'll, that's all we'll take it to. Yeah, we'll take right. that. And, and you could stretch that out over a year if you want to do five bucks a month right that'd be fine too 600 whatever whatever you can do we've got a dollar for dollar match going right. on and that okay. started out as thirty thousand dollars back at three o'clock so yeah. we're, we're so, working on it here right right and i know for all those who are re uh, regular listeners of the quest my voice might be a little familiar to some of them as i've done the uh the pledge drives in the past mm -hmm. but i'd like to also welcome with me today in the studio uh, jeremy noonan and Jeremy is going to be uh, my co-host today. And Jeremy is going to be sharing some pretty interesting stuff with us about his own journey, uh, his journey of faith. Uh, Jeremy, welcome. Welcome to this uh, wonderful hour as we continue to celebrate the best of the Quest Pledge Drive. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, that's great. You. That's great. All right. So uh, before we get into uh, the substance of our conversation, Jeremy and myself this evening, uh, once more, I'm, I'm grateful to all those who have been able to dial in, tune in, uh, download the app uh, to join us in this uh, Best of the Quest Pledge Drive. Um, again, uh, I cannot emphasize enough how important uh, it is for the mission of the church, what we are doing here at the Quest. Uh, the mission of Christ to the uh, apostles before his ascension was go into the whole world, proclaim the good news. And I think that the quest continues to be a very uh, critical ally in that task of proclaiming the good news. So any support, any help that we could offer to the quest would be very great. As we conclude with this hour of this, uh, the best of the quest pledge drive, again, just a reminder that the number is 470-508-1160. And um, 
what we have as a goal is still somewhere about 24,600. Uh, 24, so we're hoping that all of our very faithful listeners will be able to help us put a dent on that. Don't we, Jeremy? Absolutely. I'm <laughs> expecting great. it. I'm expecting it. Let, let, let's deliver this last hour. Right, right. Well, Jeremy, it's such a delight to be with you, to share this hour with you, and and to have this opportunity to have a little chat about your your story, your, your story of faith, your journey. And uh, it's interesting when Jeremy and I were preparing for this hour, uh, he sent me uh, some notes about his, his journey, and I found that very interesting. Uh, just the very first paragraph kind of caught my attention. Uh, a couple of things from that. And uh, <laughs> the very first one is that Jeremy went to Georgia Tech. Well, your sins are forgiven for that. Okay. <laughs> I got an indulgence before I went. Oh, you, so oh, you got an indulgence before you went. <laughs> yeah, for a guy from UGA, um, I think that we will continue to exercise some patience with you. All right. But uh, it was very interesting when you talked about the trip you made to split Croatia. Uh, because that was a place that I visited, uh, I think 2011. So I was very, uh, yeah, I was very, very uh, uh, interested when I saw that, that you actually did make a, a trip to split at some point, which I think that was at some point along on your, your journey, right? Your journey of faith. Absolutely. So that was a mission trip um, to okay. split Croatia, which is only a few years removed from the uh, the wars that led to the split of Yugoslavia. Okay, that's right. And Yugoslavia being an atheist communist country had very much decimated oh, wow. um, the, the the church, especially with, with young people Isn't that in something? Croatia. So right. it was a Protestant you know, mission outreach to uh, college students and split. And who would not want to be a missionary and split, and split right, right. On, on the Dalmatian coast? It's one of the most beautiful places in, <laughs> yeah. in the world. So, right. Uh, right. It wasn't a whole lot of suffering right. in our <laughs> service for Christ in that in that context. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I did make a trip over there myself. I uh, was on my way to uh, Medjugorje, and so we flew into Split, and we did also make a brief stop over in, in uh, Dubrovnik. But, yeah, beautiful country over there in Croatia. Yeah. But, Jeremy, I think I'd like to give you an opportunity to try to tell us a little bit about your story. Um, I know right now you're... Uh, happily married man, father of four. And, uh, but tell us the Jeremy Noonan story, right? Let's get where you started, how uh, you came to the Catholic Church, and how the Quest, uh, you know, the Quest Radio was able to help in that. So, sure. Well, let me yeah. say hi to my beautiful wife and Absolutely. children who I hope are, are listening at, at home. Blessed right. with a beautiful, wonderful beautiful. family. Well, my spiritual journey began with my uh, family's migration south from Massachusetts. In fact, I was just in Massachusetts with my son, okay. visiting some family and helping him connect with his New England roots. And um, not long after moving down here, um, my my parents got a divorce. Okay. Though um, they were raised Catholic and Episcopal, respectively, those were their spiritual heritage. Right. That was not something that uh, we were made to do or, or taught right. in our home. We did not right. attend church. But through the difficulty of the divorce, this was in you know, second and third grade, you know, when this unfolded, I found refuge uh, in, a, in another family who okay. um, were faithful Protestants at a right. Southern Baptist church. Right. And they uh, embraced me and, and loved me as one of their own children. And I would spend most weekends with them, um, which included you know, going to church on, on Sunday, um, went to you know, children's Sunday school, and this, this large Baptist mega church that many of our listeners would be uh, familiar with. It's been a large, influential church in the Atlanta area for 
a really long time. Oh wow! And um, and so I had a Christian upbringing in in that sense. Okay. In that you know this family you know, taught me the faith and and brought me to church with them and began to identify myself. How old As were you Christian. when your parents separated, when your parents divorced? Uh, seven or eight. Seven or eight. Yeah, it was between second yeah. and third grade. So wow. I gradually begin identifying myself, you know, with them as a as a Christian. Okay. And that these were my people. Okay. And so let me get the story straight. So your parents divorced. You're living with your mom or dad? or My mom at first, but then uh, quickly moved in with my dad. Okay. But you're going to church with this other family? Yes. Those, those friends? Okay. Yes. Wow, interesting. And uh, you know, I saw in in them, especially the the mother of the family, Miss Forrest, just a sweet Christ like spirit. Okay. Um, they had you know Bible story books all over their house, right. you know, for kids. Right. And so, I was attracted to to their lives and mm. attracted to you know the the stability and security that I found right. you know in in this church, and eventually was baptized in okay. that church by the time I got to high school. Okay. Wow. A uh, wonderful story. Um, so, uh, and you know, I think your story resonates with a lot of people, just at least this first part of it, uh, just given, I guess, the, the divorce crisis that we're experiencing in society, right? Mm -hmm. And how that continues to affect, especially so many of the, the, the younger children. Um, so I think that uh, even at, at that time, even in the midst of, of the struggles that you were going through with parents separating, um, it's you know it's God's providence that there was a family there that was going to this uh, uh, Protestant church that was able to get you plugged into some kind of a you know a spiritual uh, spiritual life a kind of a uh, exposure. Sure, you know, and, and sure the, the the trial of a divorce and broken family created in me a, a hunger right. for what the church you know had to had to offer. Wow. So it prepared me for that. Wow, isn't that something? All right. Well, as we continue to listen to uh, Jeremy's story, again, just invite all of you, our our listeners, that uh, we're here today celebrating the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive. And uh, today we're doing the last hour uh, of this uh, the Pledge Drive this time. And our goal is still somewhere about 24000 but we're hoping at this hour to be able to put a significant dent on that. Absolutely. So, Dave, so why don't we set our goal this hour for 10000 Let's. I'd be happy with that. Why don't we do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me just say a couple things here. Um, right. First of all, the next three people that donate any amount, the next three people that donate, uh, we have two twenty-five-dollar gift cards for Brookwood Grill. I don't know if you've ever eaten there. It's right I've, up I've in the Brookwood Grill. Yeah, it's I right up the street here. Really nice place. Uh, it, yes. It's yeah. It's it's real good stuff. So two people are going to get that, and then we also have a twenty-five-dollar gift certificate to Thai House. Oh, wow. uh, so if you like Thai food, uh, just donate and, and, you know, try to make the donation at least the $25. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, uh, and I'll gladly take them when I'm done. So please make sure that they're not here by the time <laughs> yeah. I finish. <laughs> so, yeah. So go ahead and do that. And that, uh, number once again is 470-508-1160. You can go to the questatlanta.com or, uh, you can tap donate on the Quest Atlanta app on your phone and uh, in any one of those three ways will get you uh, those gift cards as well. So, Father, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and can I just uh, take some time and, and I want to give some shout outs here. That I want to thank these people for being so generous. Okay, uh, Judy in Dallas, uh, thank you so much. That's in memory of her husband. Uh, we have James uh, in honor of Father Henry, James from Sharpsburg. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much, Amy uh, from Johns Creek. 
That's in honor of uh, Linda Sharnhorse and Carrie Allen okay. uh, and, and all the hosts. And in fact, uh, Carrie Allen's doing a uh, Ephesians Bible study coming up here on the Quest. So okay. that's yeah. exciting. Some of the good local programming we have. Wow. Uh, Richard, in honor of Father Adrian, who was on last hour. Richard's from Dallas. Uh, Lori uh, from Woodstock. She says we, she loves us. And uh, Jerry from Gainesville, thank you very much. So go ahead, Father. All right, beautiful. Uh, Just to uh, extend a sincere gratitude to all those who have already made pledges and all those who have sent in contributions, we are so grateful for the support that you continue to offer the Quest Radio Atlanta. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so Jeremy, a part of your story, I mean, just, I guess, picking up from where we left off, um, uh, you you did tell me in in part of it uh, in the script that you sent me that there was one time you vacation with this family up in Blue Ridge, in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and that up there, uh, you picked up the Bible for the first time. Sure. That's my first, my earliest distinct memory of reading and understanding the Bible and wanting to, wanting to know its, its content. So they had a Bible in the back of their van and they remember this story, something we laugh about even today. Oh yeah. Or I just picked it up and just read the entire book of Genesis in one sitting. Isn't that something? It took me a couple hours. How old were you? Uh, that would have been fourth grade. Fourth grade, yeah. That's wow, nine years yeah. old. And wow. I just loved it. You know, I just read and read and read so much so with all the driving through the mountains, the valleys, that I just had a horrible headache yeah. uh, from reading in the car that long. And I know that was uh, could sound like a little bit of a while back now, but for a fourth grader, could yeah. you could you try to capture what reading the Bible did for you or did to you? Uh, I mean. Again, I think it was all wrapped up in that sense of looking for a sense of belonging, a, a connection to something greater than myself, a connection to something stable. But this family in, in their Baptist church cultivated me in me a love for the Bible and Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And so there's a difference between reading it in a children's book and oh, actual right. reading the Bible itself. And Absolutely. that's where I made that transition to this is something I'm beginning to em- embrace. embrace. And wow. uh, I've been reading the Bible the rest of my life, you know, since then. Isn't that regularly? Something? And I think it is important, especially for our listeners to understand, uh, we cannot emphasize enough uh, the the value of the Bible, right? For our faith, for us as, as, uh, as, as Christians, uh, you know, every time I prepare a couple for marriage, in the very first meeting with them, uh, when I try to acquaint myself with them and, and talk about what marriage preparation is going to be about, one of the things I really emphasize to them about is the fact that they, they, try, they have to try to have a, faith, a, a Bible-based faith, you know, uh, that they need to understand the, the, the importance that the Scriptures has for our faith journey. So listening to how even in the fourth grade, the Bible could have this kind of an impact in your life, and to the extent that it has brought you to where you are today, I think it's just so impressive. Well, I'll add to that. I mean, there is a common misconception among Protestants that Catholics downplay the Bible or that the Bible is not central to Catholic spirituality. And there might have been a time when that was that was true when most people didn't have access to it. But right. it's been such a surprise to find that not to be true at all, especially right. in, in the Mass. Right. And you have the three the three Bible readings. And so for me to find... Wow, I mean, they really are serious about the Bible too, and that central to Catholic devotion was really important. Right, and I think for us as Catholics, yeah, the Bible is not just simply something we read, right? It's almost every part of our, our life is part of, you know, in liturgy and celebration of the sacraments, in in over every almost every aspect of Catholic life, we see how the Bible is deeply immersed. So that's what makes our relationship to the Bible, I mean, somewhat unique, right? 
Um, okay, well, again, uh, grateful to all of our listeners at this very final hour as we continue to celebrate the best of the Quest Pledge Drive. Again, we're asking all of our, our listeners, if you're able to make a donation, big or small, it will be uh, deeply appreciated in helping the Quest fulfill this great mission, this great task of evangelization. Uh, that number again for you to donate is 470-508-1160. Or you could also go to thequestatlanta.com or you could just tap on the Quest Atlanta app. Just tap donate and you'll be able to make a donation. So we thank you so much. And this is Father Henry Atem. And I'm here in the studio with Jeremy Noonan. And Jeremy is sharing with us his wonderful story of faith. Um, Jeremy, I'm going to uh, take this opportunity to Try, let's get get into how the Quest radio station did help in that. Uh, what what difference did the Quest make in helping you, not only your conversion, but I guess in how you've grown to really love and appreciate the Catholic faith, and um, and how it has helped you in you know in in being being that deeply connected you know sure. to the church. We could yeah. definitely spend the rest of the hour talking about, <laughs> Talk that. about that. I mean, to give right. some more context, I mean, since my college days where. I was a uh, you know Protestant missionary for five years after after college, and um, became a member of the Presbyterian Church of America and identified with the Presbyterian or Calvinist tradition, which has some differences um, from uh, Southern Baptists, but they're not they're not huge. Okay. So that's the stream that I have been in you okay. know, as an adult for mm. the last last twenty plus years. Okay, and so. As far as uh, my journey towards Catholicism and the role that the Quest has paid in that, uh, I homeschooled my two older children who are now high school seniors okay. through their middle school years. And when I started back at work, uh, the 2021 school year, um, started gradually, started going back to work and was commuting mm. and was looking for substantive Christian content okay. on the radio to listen to in my commute. And also the days where I was picking my children up from school, my, my younger children up from school. So I knew to find that on the AM stations, you right. know, the, the FM evangelical right. stations are mostly music. Music, that's right. And any and sort sports. of, and any <laughs> sort of talk is not too substantive. Right. Um, and then you have some Protestant AM stations that are typically sermon-based, where they just play one 30-minute preacher after another, basically Absolutely. broadcasting their sermon. So I, yeah. I was probably looking more that for that kind of thing. That's what okay. I was used to. And so I found the quest in the course of that. And it immediately gratified <laughs> my, my desire for substantive conversations. Conversation. Wow. I mean, I was gripped by it you know, from the beginning. I can't recall the first program. Um, I listened to, but I know in my morning commute, the sunrise morning would begin with the sunrise morning show. Sometimes I would get to work late enough with traffic to hear Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. Okay. And then on the afternoon uh, commute, that would typically be crested in the afternoon. Oh, wow. And, you know, his show is called Conversations of Consequence. Wow. So if you're looking for a substantive conversation, conversation. and this was different too, because it wasn't preaching. You know, mostly, which is uni, you know, one way, unilateral. Right. You know, it was actual conversation. conversations. Right. And the depths of these conversations, you know, immediately struck me. Um, Father John Ricardo on Crisis: The Answer. I mean, his was more like his teaching, like his seminars and things that he would play. But if I didn't know he was a Catholic priest, I wouldn't have known 
you know, most of the time that he was actually Catholic, that his whole spirit and the way that he was talking about spirituality and mission and Christian obedience and discipleship, you know, sounded so familiar. Right. And that was kind of the theme of all these all these shows. Is I'm getting the substantive conversation that I'm that I'm looking for, and even though I knew it was Catholic, it all sounded very familiar. Right. You know, most of it was deeply agreeable and consonant with what I've long believed, but there was enough sort of strangeness about it and difference about it that it also felt very new and refreshing. Mm-hmm. So it's simultaneously this this is something that feels old and familiar, but also very fresh and new. Yeah, and that experience was very meaningful and just kept me listening day after day. Right, and I think it's important for us to try to educate our uh, uh, listeners on something here because uh, listening to you, Jeremy, tell that story, um, you know, you you were such a seeker. I mean, you were looking. I mean, it's not like you were one of those guys who did not really care about your faith or care about faith at all, or uh, or cared about religion. But I know at one point in your life. Uh, you had considered ministry, joining the ministry, right? And then, uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about that. And even when you did the uh, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, it was? Yes. Yeah. So all those things show, show that you had a, a profound desire for ministry, a profound desire for, for you know, for, for the faith. And so your journey is somewhat, I guess, unique and impactful in that way because you were someone who was seeking, Right. Sure. And I was also seeking spiritual revival in a sense. I mean, there there were deep things that had been going on with me, you know, for a number of years, doubts and about the faith and other sorts of uh, personal struggles that had just been exasperated in in recent years for for a number of reasons. So it, it wasn't just... You know, I'm sort of happy and content where where I, where I am and for a long time, and I happen to find this radio station that just speaks to me in in familiar ways. All right. There were there were aches, you know, deep aches and spiritual struggles that I was not finding a- answers to. All right. And I think I, looking back, I had been on what was close to a five year period of what the Catholic tr- the spiritual tradition calls spiritual desolation. Okay. You know, where I was faithful and committed to prayer and reading my Bible and. Christian obedience and Sunday worship and those sorts of things. I had not abandoned right. those routines, right. but felt stuck. Okay. And there was some, again, something new and fresh that was appealing to me. And that gradually began speaking to those doubts and those, those, those doubts and those wounds and, mm-hmm. and those struggles that I had been having for a right. very long time. Wow. And you know, it is a, a very common, I guess, trend, especially among young people. Uh, so many of our young people, they are looking, they are seeking their, their career. I'm glad you count me as a young people. That's encouraging. <laughs> I don't well, but I you know, but yeah, you. but that, I think that uh, describes where the world is today. A lot of people are seeking and they are looking and, and uh, in a few moments here, yeah, I'm going to pick up again with Jeremy on his story. Uh, but before we continue, uh, again, thanks to all of our listeners at this very final hour of uh, the best of the pe- uh, Quest Pledge Drive. We're grateful that you're able to tune in and listen to us. Uh, Dave, do we have any news? We have lots of news, yes. Okay, that's <laughs> so, good. I, let, let's give some shout-outs right now to okay. some, some very generous people. Uh, uh, Nelson... Uh, he's uh, donated some money in honor of Father Henry. Oh, thank you. Uh, we've got Joe from Douglasville. We've got uh, Michael from Peachtree City. Uh, we've got Edward in Thanksgiving for Father Henry. 
Uh, he's from Lilburn. Uh, we also have Carol in honor of Jeremy. Thank you very much. And uh, Olga is uh, from Winder and uh, has donated as well. Okay. So uh, we thank all those people. And I, I, I want to just, we kind of touched on this, but I want to I really bring this out that if you're hearing Jeremy's story, which I find very compelling. Right. Like, I, I, I want to hear more of this too. And if if this has touched Jeremy this way, if this radio station has had this effect on him, and he's one person, let let's just say he's the only person, which I know he's not. But let's just say, isn't this all worth it? If if it saves one soul, right? One sends one soul to Christ. Absolutely. To to have it isn't isn't that worth it right there? And we need your support if we're gonna. This is totally listener supported. Um, so, uh, we'll have to get an updated number there, but we're, we, we really are in the home stretch here. We need, okay. uh, we need those donations, support. yeah. uh, dollar for dollar. We've got a match going on. So anything you donate, whether it's $50, whether it's a thousand dollars, whatever, it will be matched. Really matched. So that's that good. will double yours. So we're going to take a little break here. Okay. If that's all right. Sounds good. And, uh, let's, let's, uh, hear more from Jeremy and, and father Henry when we get on the other side here. <laughs> all right. You are listening to AM 1160, The Quest, and this is our Fall Pledge Drive, where the theme is The Best of the Quest, Stories of Inspiration. After hearing these stories of inspiration, if you are moved to donate, please call 470-508-1160. Go to our app or go to thequestatlanta.com. Remember, The Quest is 100% listener supported, and we rely on donations from people like you to stay on the air. We'll be back to the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive shortly on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. The Quest presents The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. Christine Bruce, an apostolate that she has called Praying for Our Prodigals. A section from St. Faustina's Diary, where Jesus was talking to St. Faustina, you will save more souls through prayer and suffering than will a missionary through his teachings and sermons alone. So once again, it's not all unnecessary about the words, but through prayer and suffering. Hear this entire conversation on The Family Room podcast at thequestatlanta.com. New episodes Wednesday mornings at 11 on AM 1160. The Quest. If you're a financial advisor and would like to learn how to help your clients achieve their charitable giving goals, then join the Catholic Foundation Professional Advisors Network Luncheon on Wednesday, September 28th. Go to thequestatlanta.com for more information. The Quest presents The Truth From Youth with Samson. Let me tell you about the rosary. When you pray the rosary... You give time to God and Mary. Praying the rosary helps you to focus and get closer to God. Spending time praying and thinking about the mysteries can help you become a better person. If you try to live the faith and show the love that Mary and Jesus did, the mysteries help you remember the special things that happened to Jesus and Mary. My brother told me he sees me sleeping at night with a rosary in my hand. I guess I fell asleep. My dad says he can't think of anything better than that. I try to pray the rosary every day, and I really suggest you to do it too. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. 
The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. I think that we are so blessed as Catholics to have Mama Mary, okay? When my kids are little, they call her Mama Ma, and then eventually she becomes Mama Mary. We are so blessed with Blessed Virgin Mary, whatever name you want to call her. Um, she's amazing. She's a mom. She gets it, right? She totally gets it, and she desires us to know and encounter her son. So when you have had a hard day and you felt like you have failed today as a mom, um, ask for her help. When you don't know what to do for your child, I turn to her, and I'm like, okay, Mary, I don't know what my son needs right now, but you do. So you please fill in the gaps, fill in the pieces where, where I'm messing up here, and you just be with them. You help him, you help her, encourage them, and lead them to your son. Let them know him, love him, and serve him. And I think that we get to take advantage of that, which is really cool. Um, I am nowhere near as good of a mom as her, but I try, and by her grace, she will teach me how to be a good mom, too. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hey, I'm E. Walter Smith from Christ Our Hope Parish in Lithonia, Georgia. You're listening to AM 1160, The Quest, WCFO, East Point, Atlanta, covering all of Metro Atlanta and beyond. Listen on air or even find us online at thequestatlanta.com any time of the day. Embrace your journey. <laughs> Come on, join The Quest. The Best of the Quest, stories of inspiration pledge drive on AM 1160, The Quest. Make your pledge or donation by calling 470-508-1160 on our app or go to thequestatlanta.com. Now back to the Best of the Quest pledge drive on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. And we are back. On the best of the quest pledge drive, and this is the final hour. We're coming into the home stretch, the ninth, the bottom of the ninth. That's year. right. Yeah. We're right here at the end. <laughs> and again, uh, in the studio today, you have. Uh, I'm here with Jeremy. I'm Father Henry Atem, pastor of St. Lawrence in Lawrenceville, and I'm here with Jeremy Noonan from Douglasville. And uh, Jeremy's been sharing with us his conversion story, his journey of faith. And uh, Jeremy, I'm going to uh, let Father, you... Father, be, be, just before you get into that, I just right. want, real quick, I just want to mention, uh, our, we're, kind of realize we're probably not going to hit that 30,000 mark, but really we, we had some big donations come in. Right. Uh, if we could hit the 30, we're at $22,820 now. Right. So, so if we can, if we could even, you know, knock off that... 820 right uh, that would be awesome or even the 20 if you can if Absolutely. one person can do that we would love it 470-508-1160 is the number go ahead and i think uh i think the 10 grand is doable because in the last what 25 30 minutes we've had over four thousand. right so right. uh for the next 30 minutes i think that we need some big donors to just come along and help us to knock this thing out mm-hmm. uh but thank all those who have been able to make donations. Thank you so much for supporting the quest uh, during this pledge drive. Again, as I said, it is important that we continue to partner with them in the work of ministry in helping to bring the good news to uh, to our local community. And in a special way, I'm here in the studio with Jeremy, and Jeremy himself benefited from the quest being on. And that's why we're able to share the story here today. Uh, but before I let Jeremy continue with his story, I would just like to thank uh, the Knights from St. Lawrence 
I do call them the best knight in the uh, in the archdiocese, the the, the best council. But uh, I think uh, they they've been very supportive, and I think that they did make a big donation today for me to uh, to be on the radio. So Nelson as their grand knight, and all the other knights at St. Lawrence, thank you so much for the wonderful wonderful work they're all doing in the parish. Uh, on October 29th, they'll be hosting our fall festival. So if you uh, if you live in the Lawrenceville area or in the Gwinnett County area, please join us on October 29th for our fall festival. Uh, to, uh, to purchase tickets, you could always come by the parish or call the parish office, and you'll be given instructions on how to do that. And, Father, make sure that somebody from uh, St. Lawrence gives us the information so we can get it on our get out uh, on the, calendar. Absolutely. We'll definitely uh, put that mm -hmm. out there. And also, some, some people might know, some might not know, but I'll be leading a pilgrimage next year to the Holy Land uh, in June of next year. So if anyone would like to get more information about that, also they could call my parish office, St. Lawrence and Lawrenceville, and they will be, will be happy to give them more information, and they could join us on that pilgrimage. Um, but once more, I'll turn my attention back to Jeremy. So Jeremy, I'm so uh, grateful for the opportunity to be able to sit in the studio with you and share and listen to your story. And I know you started out talking about, you know, your parents being divorced and the impact that that had with you and uh, how that put, set you on a journey where you became uh, close to this, your adopted family uh, that exposed you or introduced you to the Christian faith. And I know, as you said, at some point, uh, going back and forth to work, you were listening to the quest. And, and of course, it started kind of planting a seed within you. But I know you tell me that there was a phone call you made that was the magic. So why don't you tell us about it that was. phone call? <laughs> so the most impactful show by far was David Anders' call to communion. Okay. And because he too was a former Calvinist and even a member of the same uh, Presbyterian uh, denomination, his own conversion story resonated with me and his ability to explain uh, Catholic teachings and ways that Protestants could understand um, was very compelling. And so, you know, I was really receiving from him his, well, I think it started off with the radio was helping me understand Catholics on their own terms. Catholics explain what Catholics do mm -hmm. and what they believe to where it made more sense. Okay. You know, it was it was more understandable right and overcame some of the some of the simplistic mocking stereotypes that you might hear from protestant right. critiques of catholicism right but then i became more open to critiques direct critiques of protestant foundations of which dave anders is an expert in in delivering mm. and the first one was his critique of the protestant doctrine of sola scriptura which basically holds that the bible alone yes. is the only infallible um, certain authority when it comes right. to matters of uh, Christian doctrine and dogma. And of course, that's distinct from you know, the Catholic view that, that God has left us with a church with an infallible teaching authority right. in, in matters of dogma. So his critiques of that, um, I was receptive to them um, immediately. They made sense in sort of this, this presupposition of the Protestant Reformation really quickly dissolved. But that left me in a bit of crisis because I knew at that point, logically, that Catholicism was a live option. Okay. Um, 
but the distrust was so great mm. um, towards the Catholic Church that I could not possibly see myself as becoming becoming a Catholic and was deeply embedded in more of the non-intellectual parts of, of my soul that just could not be overcome by reasoning. Right. And so um, uh, in April of 2021, I was listening to his program for the upteenth time. Mm. And you know they always say, call, call us and tell us what's preventing you from becoming a Catholic. And so I heard that call to right. communion. And, and the Spirit had been calling me, but I was a nerd. I wasn't doing anything. I was right. just passively listening. There was no act of faith on my part to respond right. whatsoever. But I felt compelled to call in. I've never called in a talk radio program before, sports, politics. I've just never wanted to. Right. But I felt like I needed to. I felt like I had to get off my chest. Like, this is, I get what you're saying. This makes sense. But I cannot be a Catholic, and this is why. Right. And I need to tell you. Right. And so I, I asked him a question. And it wasn't so much the substance of his answer as the sense, the humbling sense of, there's so much more to this that I don't know. There's right. so much more to the story of the Reformation and the Catholic Church and that history that I don't know. Right. And, you know, I think humility and faith from is what is our response to God's grace. You know, right. the Spirit works in us as we respond in humility and faith. And this was a step of faith towards me that I really didn't even know that I was taking. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking oh, I'm taking a step of faith here. It was just the response that right. I felt like I needed at the time. Right. And so making that phone call just set off a cascade of, of events throughout the rest of that week. Right. By uh, eight days later, I knew that the Catholic Church was who she says she is. She is. And that I was being wow. unmistakably called right. um, into, to the Catholic faith. Right. You know, Jeremy, you bring up something which I think is very important. And uh, before I, I uh, get a little bit more into that, uh, just to remind our listeners that, again, we're celebrating the uh, last hour of the uh, Best of the Quest Pledge Drive. And and that we're hoping that many more people out there listening to us, uh, promoting the radio station, are able to dial in and call in and uh, try to make a donation to keep the, the quest on the air. Uh, the number for you to call to make a donation or to make a pledge is 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160. Or you could go to thequestatlanta.com on the website. Or you could download the uh, Quest Atlanta app on your phone. And on that, just tap the button for Donate. And you'll be able to make a donation supporting the wonderful work that is being done over here at the Quest Radio. And from now until the end of the pledge drive, which is just, you know, what, 15 minutes from now, we right. still have that match money on the table. So okay. anything you donate is going to be matched It'll dollar be matched. for dollar. dollar so for dollar. It, this is the time to do it. If you're thinking about doing it, this yeah. is it right here. Wonderful. Let's hit Wonderful. a Grand Slam in this ninth inning. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Walk off Grand Slam. Absolutely. Um, Jeremy, I'm so interested in your story for so many reasons, especially as a priest, and I get to journey with a lot of people who go through conversion. And uh, the one thing which resonates in your story that I really like, and, and I think I'd like you to get a little bit into, is the transition from from emotions to reason, right? You know, a lot of people reject Catholicism, for the most part, do so for emotional reasons, right? And I think that uh, based on this encounter, 
the call that you make to made to Dr. Anders, I think that that brought about that change where it was no longer simply an emotional response to what I believe the Catholic faith uh, stands for or the Catholic Church teaches. But now it, it gave you an opportunity for you to start logically trying to process and to understand some of those things. Would you say that that you, did you experience that transition in your in your journey? Sure, but I would put it as reason first. So I think for the okay. months that I was listening, you okay. know, appeals were being made to my reason. Right. And reason told me uh, that sola scriptura, for example, cannot be true. Okay. That was a purely rational argument that I was persuaded by. But again, that doesn't, that's not enough to get someone to make a paradigm shift in their thinking where your faith commitment now, right. now uh, shifts. So I needed the emotions. I needed the personal uh, issues, the personal distrust. Um, I needed to, to, um, uh, be reached at that level. Okay. And again, that did not begin to happen okay. until I took that step of faith okay. and actually called in. And even though Anders was continuing to appeal to my reason, cause he's given me all these historical facts and right. they still making that appeal emotionally, some things had to happen. So there were a couple of things that happened the rest of that week. So I started listening to more conversion stories, particularly Calvinist to Catholic stories, okay. and found very similar themes as to my own journey, very similar struggles right. that led people to consider Catholicism and that, the, and that Catholicism helped to resolve. And Anders especially, I found a talk of his about where he made the claim that the biggest problem of Calvinism or Reformed theology is the problem of assurance of, of salvation. Mm. You know, how does one know that one is in the state of grace? How does one right. know that one is actually saved and, and is actually a Christian? And that had long been a, a personal struggle for me. Right. For, if you know anything about Calvinism, you know, the, the Puritans were kind of infamous for uh, examining themselves to, for signs of election. Because if, if, okay. if you're one of the elect, you're going to heaven, and there's really nothing you can do about you it. You're definitely going to be there. Right. But if you're not one of the elect, you're a reprobate, and there's not a whole lot you can do to change that, and you're right. going to be damned because you know God chooses both. And so that struggle was very real for me. You know, I, In spite of this rich spiritual history, in spite of being baptized and those sorts of things, I very much uh, instinctively looked in myself in an mm -hmm. introspective way for assurance of salvation, for signs of God's grace in my life. Right. And when I would find that, that evidence insufficient, you know, I would go through these kind of faith crises that right. maybe I'm not elect, maybe I'm not really saved, you know, in the first place. And so Dr. Anders teaching about the, how that was rooted in Calvinist theology was very impactful for me. And he held out the sacramental Catholic life as, as an alternative to that, okay. where you're rooting that assurance of God's favor in the objective means provided in the, in, in the sacraments, not on your own fluctuating thoughts and emotions and other things about your life that are very subjective are going to come and go. So I found that to be personally liberating. It spoke to some of my struggles with depression and anxiety that I had long, long suffered with. Right. Um, but at the same time, that was going on, and it, and it took an extraordinary act of providence, though, I think, for God to kind of seal the deal and really bring me to completely emotionally around. Do you want me to speak to that? Well, now with my I, you know, yeah, because, I, and I think I wanted to get into that a little bit because I think that in all of this, uh, the listeners have to really understand the role of providence, right? You know, that in the end, I think every faith journey is is built on God's providence. That when you look at all the events that took place at every step of the way, uh, the conversation with Dr. Anders, but even the, you know, the opportunity to just sit in your car and, and there you go, and uh, you're able to, you know, 
Well, all that all that goes into creating a radio station in the first place <laughs> right, requires right, lots right. of providence, right? Right. So, so I think that uh, it's important that the uh, our listeners understand that every journey of faith, whether it's a conversion story or it's a credo Catholic, I mean that it's all of that is is founded and built upon God's providence, right? And I think that your story is a very glaring example of how that providence was able to be manifested in in you. But yes, but I'd like to listen a little more about, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the the reason, the logical part of it, right? I think that, uh, again, the fact that your response was a, lo- was a response of logic, it was, this stuff made sense to you. It wasn't simply, well, um, you know, I always go back to what uh, Archbishop Fulton, Fulton Sheen once said, right? He said, you know, there's not a uh, hundred people in the world would truly dislike the church, right? But there's millions of people would dislike what they perceive of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that I always go back to that. And I think what Fulton Shin, in essence, was saying is that if you have that logical understanding of what the uh, the church teaches, then there's really no way you sure. could turn away from that, right? That you could sure. you could turn your back on that. So I think that this encounter with Dr. Anders, I think that that really helped to ferment and to ground you in that logical aspect of it. Oh, it, it definitely did. I mean, right. and the argument against Sola Scriptura is quite simple. I mean, if the only source of knowledge of doctrine comes from the from what's explicitly taught in the Bible or can be deduced you right. know, from what's taught in the Bible, then you would have to deduce or, or find explicitly taught in the Bible the doctrine of Sola Scriptura. Right. And it's not there. And it's not in the Bible. Right? It's not there. I mean, you can make lots of indirect kind of arguments and inferences from different things, but that shouldn't be... It should be more than that if it's right. going to qualify as dogma, if it's going to qualify as something that we can assent to, you know, with, with certainty. Okay. Yeah, uh, why don't we reset right here and, and okay. uh, we'll just say that this is the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive on AM 1160, The Quest, and we are speaking. Uh, we have Father Henry Atem here uh, and uh, Jeremy Noonan hearing his uh, conversion story, which is amazing, and how... Uh, the quest was very instrumental in making that happen for us and for, for Jeremy, I should say. So if, if you want to keep programming like this going on, uh, it, it does require donations and that's how we, that's how we survive. That's how we get the word out there to people like Jeremy. And, uh, you can do that by calling 470-508-1160. You can go to the com or, uh, on the app, there's a donate button there as well that you can hit. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, and Dave, I must just say on a personal note that I'm really grateful for the so many, uh, wonderful ways that the work, the quest has continued to make an impact in our community. I think that especially in my parish up uh, at St. Lawrence in Lawrenceville, uh, we have a, a cohort of regular listeners, and they, they share with me every so often how impressed and how happy and, and how grateful they are that they have an opportunity like the quest, mm-hmm. you know, for them to to continue to listen to some solid, some, you know, some meaningful and substantial uh, you know, Catholic programming. So mm-hmm. I think that the work that you all are doing here at the Quest, I think it's uh, it's very very commendable. And you know, Thank thanks you. to the wonderful team that you all have here at at the Quest. And I'm here in the studio with Jeremy, who is so happens to be one of the products of the beautiful work that the team here at the Quest is doing. Uh, Jeremy, I'm so fascinated by your story. I really am. And um, there's one part of your story that uh, you said something about 
Dr. Brad Gregory, who was the one of your groomsmen at your wedding, uh, share that part of the story with us. Sure, because yeah. I think you know ultimately uh, God wants the head and the heart to converge. Absolutely, you know the yes. reason in in emotions. And it's emotions. not it's not one then the other, then the but other, it's right. the convergence of the two that's transformative Absolutely. and that you know, it's a sign of encounter with, with truth because truth true. is goodness and beauty. And it's beauty, not just right. truth. Right. And so these were happening, you know, together that week. And so by the end of that week, you know, three days after calling in to talk to Dr. David Anders, I had to tell my wife that, okay. you know, I said to her, um, I'm feeling called to the Catholic church. I feel like God's calling me to the Catholic church, right. which well, was a was hard it? thing to say. It's hard to even hear myself saying those words. What was your wife before that? Was she, were you guys? We've saying? both been Presbyterians, oh, Presbyterians. together okay. since, uh, since we got married. Okay. Yeah. So for the last uh, oh, wow. 20, 20 plus years, we've both been Presbyterians together. Please so, tell us what was her reaction when you, when you sure. Said that? <laughs> well, my, my dear wife, she's a wonderful ER nurse oh, yeah. and was, uh, had been, you know, dealing with the stress of treating people under COVID right. and she was really oh, okay. at the end, end of a rope and, and she uh, kindly and graciously said, you know, I, I don't have the emotional energy to even engage with, with this right now with you. You need to talk to Brad, um, you know, the groomsmen in our wedding. And the reason why she said talk to Brad is he was educated at Westminster Theological Seminary, which is a very conservative oh, wow. Calvinist institution, got a Ph.D. in theology from Notre Dame, and then uh, is, is a professor at the Catholic University of America in the theology department. And I was surprised to learn that they will hire, you know, Protestant theologians to give some intellectual diversity. Right. So that's the position he's held for a while. So of course I'm thinking he knows more about Catholicism than anyone that I know. And he's been around this for years. He was educated around Catholics. He works at Catholic university. Surely he will talk me out of this. Wow. Surely like there's good reasons why he's not a Catholic. I was in spite of all that he knows. Reformed Protestant and Presbyterian. You Reformed said. Presbyterian. Reformed yes. Presbyterian. Just like me. Wow. And so surely he will talk me out of this. Like right. there's got to be something I'm not thinking, I'm not seeing, I'm not thinking straight. This all makes sense, but there's got to be something I'm missing. Wow. So I reached out to him by email and just, hey, can we talk about this? I'm feeling called to the Catholic Church. And I was desperate to talk. Right. And um, and so he, he responded, I'll be happy to talk with you, but full disclosure, I am joining the Catholic Church on Pentecost. Wow. My goodness, that was the introduction of the conversation. That was well. That was his email response. To oh, his me. email response. His email response was, "I'm happy to talk to you, but I'm joining the Catholic Church on Pentecost, Isn't which that was something? May. This is still all April 2021. Right. But he promised that he would be as objective as possible. <laughs> so uh, he and I spoke uh, the following Monday or Tuesday on, on my commute home from work ended up being a two to three hour conversation. Wow. And that's where, you know, the reasons, the emotions, everything just came together. Wow. Because he is, he is the smartest, most educated person I'm friends with that I would have access to. So this and so we had a free flowing conversation about history, philosophy, theology, the Bible. And he completely understood where I was coming from and had gone through the same struggles and the same process himself. Wow. And so it was a heavenly conversation and we truly were of one mind and of one, one accord in this. Wow. I, I, I just okay, want to clear good. this up real quick. And, and so when your wife suggested this, she had no clue that he was joining no, the no, Catholic. No, no oh, clue. Yeah. She was like, yeah. this is the one. I can't handle this. This is the one person who He's can the one. handle yeah, this. Exactly. Go to him and just get it all is, this out. And with, so honestly, was she kind of expecting him to to talk you out of it? I don't know if that was her explicit. Maybe it was a hope. It wasn't an explicit expectation, but yeah. it was more like you need someone to talk to you about this. Right. I can't I be this say. person right, right now to right. talk to you about this. And so the, for, you know, the naturally for the, re, you know, his given his background, right. That's who she wanted me to talk mm -hmm. to. And we had not really talked in a few years, you know, 
Um, yeah. So it was quiet. I mean, I knew he had moved to Catholic University of America. Yeah. So of course that was a huge yeah. surprise. It'll be yeah. uh, someone. It, it had the opposite effect, obviously, because not right. only was it a clear sign, but again, the conversation itself, like I, I did at the deepest level you could possibly imagine intellectually okay. is where that conversation yeah. went. And I, I knew at that point that wow. this, this was the truth. I mean, not only someone to help you process your thoughts and your emotions, but um, I think that uh, this conversation with Dr. Brad Gregory, I think that would you say it was finally what uh, the final? Sure, I yeah, I knew it, I I knew at that point that I, there was no going back. Oh, I knew yeah. I got you know when you go under, under undergo a paradigm shift, you right. know, if it's a true paradigm shift, it's not reversible. Right. Because now you see things you never saw before and there's no unseeing it. Okay. Right. And wow. plus the trust, once the trust shifts, you right. can't just go back to the thing that, you know, you can't just shift trust backwards. No, you're right. So the trust had shifted. Mm. The Holy Spirit did that, right. <laughs> you know, unmistakably in my life. And mm. then all the reasons were there, you know, and it's not like you work through every single issue. I didn't, it didn't require working through every single issue. Right. There were still more issues. But what I knew was that the church, if, if there's a disagreement between the church and I, that I'm probably the one that's the one wrong. Was, was, right? was that false? Right? And so I need to defer to this, right. this, this divine authority that God's appointed on earth in exploring these things. Right. And so from that point on, you know, you explore other things like Marian dogmas are a big hang up for a lot of Protestants. And right. right. I didn't have the Marian dogmas resolved in my mind that this was true. I just knew that the church was probably right about Mary and I probably right. wasn't. Right. And so I should be the one deferring and listening and right. not the other way around. Wow, that's good. So I'll tell you what, I, I don't think we're done with this conversation, are no, we? No, we're not. No. So and, and we're going to do the Angelus now? Yeah, so let's let's do the Angelus. Um, I, I, I just want to uh, say hi to Joe in Lawrenceville. Thank you for the donation. Uh, Pauline uh, from Middle uh, Mableton, uh, in honor of Father Henry, thank you. Uh, Christina from Loganville, and also Barbara from Lawrenceville. Mm. We thank you all very much for your generosity, keeping the pledge on the air, keeping us going, keeping the lights on here. Beautiful. We appreciate Beautiful. that. That's uh, and so if you would like to donate, it's 470-508-1160. Go to thequestatlanta.com or uh, tap that donate button on the Quest Atlanta app. So let's just take a little time out. Let's okay. pray the Angelus, which we do every day here at okay. 6 p.m. And then uh, and we'll be right when, back. When we get back... When we get back, uh, Jeremy's going to tell us the last part of his story. Okay? Very good. The Angelus is an ancient prayer of the church centered on the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus. The quest invites you to pray the Angelus. The angel of the Lord declared to Mary, And she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, 
that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. And this is WCFO East Point, Atlanta, AM 1160, The Quest. And this is the best of the Quest pledge drive. Uh, it was supposed to end at 6 o'clock. But I think, yeah, but I think there's just so much to talk about. I mean, especially sitting here with Jeremy and listening to his story. So I'm just going to and not, ask. And not to mention that what, let me just say this. And, right. and so our new goal right now, and I, I don't know if we can do this or not. It's still very ambitious. Two thousand seven hundred seventy dollars. Okay. If we can do two thousand two hundred or two thousand seven hundred seventy dollars, and that's a dollar for dollar match. If you right. can make that, that well, would be awesome. That'd be good. Okay. Now let's bring it home. We'll, yep. We'll keep working on that. Um, but yeah, but I was just gonna say as we continue to share with uh, Jeremy here his uh, story of faith. Um, it's such it's such a compelling story, and and there's so many things about your story, Jeremy, that are that are unique. So, um, I know we're supposed to end at six, but we'll crave your indulgence for us to go just a few more minutes over the hour, so that uh, Jeremy could share with us some other parts of the story, which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, at this point, you have spoken to Dr. Brad Gregory, and he pretty much is on his way to becoming Catholic, and now you cannot be talked out of it anymore. So <laughs> it almost seems as if you have no option. But now okay. I got I got I got I have to become Catholic. So but I think I'd like you to share the part of the story on how because as a reformed Presbyterian you said you were, um, how was that how did that end up with your church, with your family? I mean, what was the response from all you know, all those involved? Sure. Well, I think it's important to understand that of the various branches of Protestant Christianity, uh, Calvinism, both historically and theologically, is the is the most anti-Catholic branch in um, in our particular church, a very conservative Calvinist church. Um, does not regard Catholicism as a valid manifestation of Christianity. Oh, wow! And would see that the gospel. Uh, and Catholicism is is so distorted as to not be the gospel. Oh, wow. So one could not be a knowledgeable Christian who's led by the Holy Spirit and change from Calvinism to Catholicism. Like, that's not possible that the Holy Spirit would lead a true Christian who understood the doctrines and the differences to do that. Wow. And so I knew that telling the church, you know, would be a big deal. Mm. And the church is a very loving congregation. Yeah, uh, you know, my whole, I'm so grateful for my whole Protestant, you know, background and the right. different Presbyterian churches I've been a part of. Loving congregation, very faithful leaders who very much shepherd the people. But I knew that telling them would be hard. Okay. Furthermore, ceasing this is not a place where I could expect my family to follow me. You know, right. The process that I went through is not. I'm not going to use my authority, you know, as a, as a head of the household to compel any sorts of changes. And the process I went through is very unique, so I couldn't expect anyone to go down this road with me. Yeah, So it would be inherently difficult. There's something interesting what you're saying, which as a pastor really resonates, that you feel compelled that as you're going through this journey, as you're at this point of the journey, 
you feel compelled that you have to share that with the church. What is happening to you? The decision you're about to make, because I mean, in the Catholic Church, I mean, you know, part of it may be uh, parish sizes, but people come and go and people leave and, you know, people join the church. I mean, the ones that join the church, yeah, we, we journey with them through the RCIA, but um, I'm, I'm just curious about why you felt that you had to inform someone or you had to inform the church. Yeah. Well, it was an obligation I felt to them as the spiritual leaders that I had committed myself to. Okay. When we joined the church, you know, 10 years ago that I had an obligation to them before God. Right. To out of respect for them and deference to them that they would, they would know what was going on, especially before I started our classes in the fall. I didn't want this to be some secret. Right. But I did go through, a, a, you know, it took a few months where I started studying more, you know, after this conversation with Brad mm-hmm. um, and was constantly listening to Catholic radio and coming home network materials and Catholic answers and those sorts of things right. where I was really becoming grounded and having conversations with my older children about what I was doing so they would understand it and my wife as well. But I knew you know, telling the church would be a really big deal because I'm not exaggerating to say that telling them that I was becoming an atheist would be would um so it's like telling them that you're becoming a Catholic would be worse than telling them that you're becoming an atheist. Wow. Because they see it as a false religion that, you know, perverts Christianity. Wow. And so it's more, more that dangerous. Is amazing. <laughs> so it was hard to tell them, but I knew that I, that I had an obligation to, hmm. and I knew that it also was like, I knew this would be difficult once they got involved, right. you know, for the, for my family okay, in social situation. And, you know, they, they did get involved. I mean, I knew that they would take it seriously. I knew that it would be become a formal, you know, process at a certain point. Okay. And after uh, after one meeting where they, you know, really sought to inquire and and uh, and understand exactly what I was believing now and how it came about, you know, I was excluded from from communion, um, from taking the Lord's Supper at at the church. At the church, wow. And eventually was, um, you know, asked formally to to cease going to mass and cease going to RCIA. Oh, they ask you to stop going to in mass. a formal letter. Okay, yeah, asked me to stop going to both of those things and to return to the you know, true, true Church of Jesus Christ. That I could no longer fulfill my membership vows if I was pursuing this at all. Um, that this was not something. Again, this is not. This is not the truth. This is a distortion of the gospel. You can't be a true Christian and and go this route. Okay. Well, I, I think I want my I want our our listeners to be clear about something. So they told you you have to cease going to mass and cease going to RCIA. As in, you that going to be going down the path of conversion to Catholicism was not only heretical, but it was like a grave offense. Grave against, offense, yeah. No, the, no, there was my soul was in jeopardy. Wow. Very so they were so. saying that you should see us doing those things and return back to the church. Is that what the true saying? church of the Jesus church, Christ, yeah. which was the Reformed Presbyterian? Well, church. I mean, they have a broader conception of the of the of the true church okay. that, that would consist of all Bible believing evangelicals. Okay. So that's why they that's what they say at the when they minister communion. So not Presbyterian right, specifically, specific. but okay. generally, like the Catholicism is not the true church. Okay, so Catholicism was outside of that realm. Totally outside okay. of it. Okay. And again, not a valid manifestation of Christianity wow. at all, but a, a, a false and perverse religion wow. that leads people. To damnation. That's interesting. Um, again, we are grateful to all of our listeners. Jeremy, thank you so much for continuing to share your story. Um, again, we are getting close here to the end of this uh, pledge drive, uh, the best of the quest. And I cannot emphasize enough how important the work that the team over here at the quest is doing in helping us to continue to evangelize. So please, we ask you to donate. We ask you to make a pledge. Uh, we ask you to support the cause. 
Uh, that number for you to donate is 470-508-1160. You could do it on the website, thequestatlanta.com, or you could also do it through the Quest Atlanta app on your phones. Um, so I had to say no to that letter. I mean, that was part of the uh, the letter brought some clarity okay. in that they knew I was not. I mean, they hoped I might say yes, but they knew that my answer was probably going to be no, that I'm right. not going to continue to go to mass. And right. I'm not going to cease going to mass into RCIA. And so they were pr- trying to bring the issue to a head because they wanted some formal resolution. So the, right. the past where you can dissolve your membership kind of voluntary or we can take you to an excommunication trial, essentially, right. which which we force the dissolution of your membership. Okay. And, you know, I wanted more space and time to kind of work through this, but they wanted it resolved. And so that, that letter, um, sort of, I, I had to write a response to that letter. Wow. In which I basically said, look, of, of these five vows, I believe I'm fulfilling four of them quite mm. faithfully in this. Again, this is a continuity. This is not discontinuity. Right. This is a greater fulfillment of what I've always believed. This is not something that's some break. Exactly. I'm not experiencing not, it at all. It's not a rupture. Right. right. I'm experiencing yeah. it as a continuity and, and greater fulfillment. But for right. them, it's a complete rupture and continuity. Right. But I did have to say that the vow to submit to the leadership of this of this local congregation is not one that I can fulfill in this matter because you're, you're commanding me to do something that I believe that God uh, has led me to do, which right. is to go to mass and go through the RSA process. And so that's what led to the formal uh, dissolution of, okay. of my membership. Okay. So um, so at this point, where are you in the process? Are you Catholic? Are you not Catholic? What are you now at this point? Uh, in mind and spirit, um, <laughs> but not not formally. Okay. I, I, so not again, sacramentally. Not, sir, that's good to put it. Not, okay. not, not sacramentally as much okay. as I right. long for that. Though in a strange way, like I've, I started feeling the benefits of the sacraments before even taking them. Right. Because again, when I heard Anders present a sacramentology, you know, okay. the sacramental life as right. an alternative to this morbid introspection right. that had been so psychologically damaging to me in a lot of ways, that was so liberating. It's like I was liberated by the promise of the sacraments right. <laughs> before even, even partaking of a single one, besides baptism, of course, oh, which yeah. my baptism has become more meaningful to me, right. even in, in adopting a Catholic. My Protestant baptism, I've had two of them because I was baptized as a baby as well, but mm. I mean, that's become more meaningful to me as a result of seeing baptism and sacraments in a, in a Catholic way. So where I am, where I am now is I might have finished RCIA okay. you know, for social reasons and family reasons. I felt it would be best to not join okay. at the Easter, Easter vigil. Okay. And you know, I, again, it's, it's a difficult thing to go through when you're a deeply Protestant family and I've got right. to be sort of sensitive to those realities. Absolutely. And I've had some really, really dear Christian friends and brothers who have been helping me kind of guide me through this. Right. Like you got to think about how this impacts your, your wife and your family right. and you got to be careful. Okay. Um, but you know, that was a few months ago. And, um, at this point I'm planning, uh, you know, it's not been confirmed. My confirmation's not been confirmed, Okay. but I'm looking at, uh, becoming confirmed on November 1st, which is okay. all saints day. All saints day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that'll be at St. Teresa's in Douglasville. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. So, um, you know, every, every conversion story, as you, as you just mentioned, affects a lot of members of the family, affects a lot of friends, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's almost like 
there's almost a sense of an abandonment. I, I say that abandonment exactly. in quotes, right? Exactly. Um, and then there's almost like a picking up of a whole new way of life and a whole sure. new, you know, even vision. even betrayal. Yeah, it's a sense of betrayal and all of that. So, how have you been trying to process all of this with your wife? Is she on board with you? Is she coming along with you, or is she still part of the uh, reform yeah, church? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Yeah, I yeah. know. Well, how is that playing out? In that, sure. Well. There, there are some boundaries there okay. know, that have to be respected. Right. You know, I mean, I tell my wife, it's like, you are much holier than me right. and more sanctified <laughs> most, than me. Most women are. Right. Most, you, you are much more, much more, you are much more along the path towards being perfected in charity right. than I am. <laughs> so maybe I need this. You know? <laughs> right. I need this for my own sanctification right. more than, more than you do. Right. And so that's certainly kind of part of it. But yeah, there's there's just boundaries there that you have to be respectful of, right? Because right. it's not just a matter of of knowledge and reason, right? And it's certainly not a matter of 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 her anyone's the degree of their devotion, you know, yeah. to Christ as as, as that. well. That if you oh, were as true. devoted, you would see the truth of this and you would follow where I'm going. It's not that. No, it's not that. That's and right. so the the reasons are so deep and complex, and we're all historically situated in this 500 year you know, story of division, right. that you have to be respectful of, of those boundaries. And so that's where we are, is is trying to figure out, okay, I'm respecting your boundaries while you're trying to respect what God's doing in my life, right. as, hard as, as hard as this is. God bless her. So, I yeah, I, I do yeah. have her, her uh, mo- moving forward, she's sort of come to terms that this is what God has done, done you know, you. in, in right. my life, and has kind of given the green light to move right. forward to confirmation that's yeah. awesome yeah you know and sometimes some of the complications with some of this especially in the family where you know dad is doing one thing and mom is doing something else um sometimes that may in a way affect children you know the children yes you know what direction do they go do they go with dad do they go with mom especially when both parents are separated in their religious practices sure. and both take their their religious practices seriously exactly right? and, and we've had to keep a unified front and okay. so I'm very careful, you know, to say, well, there's so many riches to the Catholic tradition that can mm. enhance the life of any Christian. Right. So anything I might bring to family conversation, you know, we do family worship regularly, which our church is always encouraged us you know, to do. Right. And anything I bring, I want to make sure that this is broadly agreeable. Right. With what Protestants believe generally, what Presbyterians believe specifically. Mm-hmm. So things that are more controversial. Right. I'm not going to, you know, lead my family in a prayer to Mary. Right. You know, I'm not going to talk about what the Pope is doing and how we need to respect and, and follow him and pray for him. Right. I'm not going to pray to saints. I mean, those sorts of things are unnecessarily divisive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so you, you have, but there's, I mean, we, we recite the same Nicene Creed right. at our church right. as you do every Sunday, Sunday at Mass. There's so many things that we have in common. And my wife and I just agree that that's, those are the things that we need to focus on, you know, to continue to have a common life in Christ, you know, together as a, as a family. And I mean, she's, she's so gracious and patient with me that, you know, we've been able to work towards that with some success. That's awesome that you've, that you've found that middle ground. Well, it, I mean, and it's important to, I'd say we're finding it, finding with, it. With, with some success, okay. you know, you work towards it, but I think, I think that we're kind of in a, in a good place where, where she has to kind of trust me that you're not going to just sneak this stuff in. Right. Right. And then I have to be again, respectful of, look, this is how we raised our kids. Yeah. And so I can't just expect 
that they're just going to change on a dime and be okay with this. And so it's better for them. That's why I still go to church with them. I want to be very supportive, even though they go to church in a very anti-Catholic sort of environment. It's not in their faces all the time. Right. And so I still try to go and be supportive. And I mean, when I told my seven-year-old about that I was becoming Catholic, he started crying because he thought it meant I wasn't going to go to church with them anymore. Right. And I wanted to make sure that, no, it's not what it means. And I need to continue to be present in in a part of this. And I continue to benefit because the view that Catholics have towards their separated brethren is that animosity doesn't go both ways. Both ways, right. Right. So there's an attitude of grace and recognizing like there's grace present in here. So when I go to church with them, I'm actually less bothered by the things that were bothering me. Right. Yeah. The cracks in Calvinism that I was, that I was seeing that you, that you read about those things are no longer like I'm detached from them. They don't weigh on me anymore because I'm detached from them. And so I actually go there and can worship more fully and freely. Mm hmm as a Catholic with my family than I was before wow. and receive like we have a wonderful pastor. He preaches great sermons. Right. <laughs> like, and I can, I can learn from this and be fed from this and then help my family, you know, right. grow and learn from this. And right. so that's, that's where we've landed. You know, Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, you know, the second Vatican council, uh, the council fathers, uh, in a document, try to describe what the relationship is like between the Catholic Church and the other Christian churches, right? And I think they were very clear about the fact that the Catholic Church contains the fullness of truth, right? That the, the fullness of, of God's revelation uh, resides in the church, subsists in the Catholic Church. But I think that, you know, just listening to your story, I think it's also important for us to understand if there's any, you know, non-Catholic listener on the phone who is listening to Jeremy speak and saying that, okay, well, uh, there's not a Dr. Brad Gregory in my life, or there's not a chance for me to listen to Dr. Anders. There's not, you know, different, a different dynamic to their own story, you know, uh, to understand that in the church, we do not believe that, uh, the church, the Catholic church, you know, uh, reject the other Christian churches. No, but we believe that the church contains the fullness of the truth, right? And that in those other churches, there are traces and there are, uh, you know, there are the little iotas of, of, of truth, which are, are revealed in different ways, but that when it comes to the Catholic church, they receive the fullness of that truth, right? And I think that uh, those cracks that you experience in the Calvinist church, I think we're able to help you bring some of bring that transition to life right absolutely it, yeah. it helped prepare me to receive to receive the fullness, w- w- fullness of the catholic yeah, the fullness church the catholic because church. there are these ideals that they're that they're pursuing but i realized that the foundations of protestantism actually historically and, and logically but when it's worked out over time right those foundations ultimately undermines those ideals right but whereas in catholicism you have the foundations for the ideals there's no tension between the underlying foundations and the practices and the practices so like right. you know high sacramentology is a good example right you know, our church takes the lord's supper very seriously as, as far as the range of protestants they do take it more seriously than anybody mm-hmm. but i realized why well, if we're going to take this thing that seriously but underlying this like the roots of this don't really support that or lend itself to that. Right. But in, but when you look at Catholic roots and Catholic history and Catholic theology, it's much not only coherent in a logical way. It's kind of organic. Is, I mean, you could right, tell it's an organic growth. Sure, because there's, there's coherence in terms of fittingness, not just like logical deduction, but right. in terms of fittingness. And fittingness has a lot to do with beauty as well. Absolutely. And so it's not just rationally these things hang together better, which they do, right. which is a sign of truth. 
Right. But it's also a beauty to it as well that you just have to encounter and be changed by it. Right. Um, it's not something you can kind of reason yourself to. Right. And I think Catholic Radio does a good job of, of holding out both to its listeners. You know, it's, it's not just, well, here's the content, here's the facts and information that appeals to, to the mind, which it does. But there's just a beauty to it right. in, the way, in the way that people talk, the way that they relate to one another, the spirit-filled nature of it. Um, it's undeniable. So I think it's the, the, the spirit of Catholic radio, having the spirit of Christ and, and more full, more fully the spirit of the Catholic church, you're encountering that beauty and the goodness of it, right. not just the truth from, the truth. from the content. Right. Well, uh, Jeremy, thank you very, very much for sharing that story. Uh, it's important that our listeners understand that Jeremy is a product or at least your convert a big part of your it all started story, with Catholic radio. With, with Catholic radio, no right? When you were listening to the quest on your way to and from work, and I think that it is important for our listeners to to understand that, to appreciate that, and to to be able to uh, partner with us in this great work of evangelization that I think the quest continues to do. Uh, we're coming now to the end of this uh, pledge drive, the mm -hmm. best of the quest. And um, Dave, do we have any? information about numbers or anything like that we uh not not totally i just want to give a, a shout out here to uh anna uh okay. she has made a donation she's from noonan from noonan and this is this is in honor Quintance. of father father henry's birthday which my is coming up friend. in five yeah. days here yeah yeah my birthday's coming up in five and days. and she says don't expect a gift now <laughs> <laughs> sounds <Hey>. like anna <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I want to remind our listeners first of all i want to just say uh, if you're tuning in right now expecting uh, Catholic Answers Live, we're going to be joining that in progress very shortly here. Okay, yes. Uh, so we'll be getting back to that. But I also want to say, if you missed uh, Jeremy's story, it, it's going to be on our website. It's going to be on demand okay. and also on the app, and you can listen to it. It's a very compelling story. Uh, I, I, I mean, I was, I, I thought it was riveting myself. Right. And if 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 you question the validity or or the the importance i guess of 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 catholic radio and the quest right. listen to jeremy's story Absolutely. And, and that will I, honestly i mean it will say okay there th this station needs to stick no, around the, yeah, exactly. sure. I, I think just to reiterate the effects of you know like i said i was in a spirit period of spiritual desolation right I had right. gone through bouts of depression, which had never really quite got to the root causes of it. Right. And through this radio station and this entree in, into the Catholic faith, I mean, it was a huge, huge revival mm -hmm. spiritually for me yeah. that I'd been praying for for a long time. Right. Um, a, amazing transformative sense of the love of God mm. for me. Right. No longer doubting, am I elect or not? Right. And looking in my own mind and heart. You know, uh, exclusively for evidence of of that, um, and it's so it's really had a healing and transformative uh, effect on me. You know, wow. this this encounter with the truth, beauty, and goodness of the Catholic Church, and, oh, that's beautiful. and it's it's all embodied in this in the station and its right. program. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And Jeremy, not only uh, are we grateful for the fact that you were, you know, you were able to reach out and and uh you know listen to the station but also your desire to come in and share that story with the listeners right i think that's also very important because i think a lot of people sitting out there and listening to the quest or listening to us asking for donations and for pledges to support the work of the quest you know they'll be saying to themselves you know well where are the fruits where the you know where the where's evidence of the fact that you there's some good work being done at the quest and 
You know, well, it's the, the best way to sow seed. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's the simplest way to invest in evangelism and to sow seed broadly right. you know, throughout mm-hmm. the archdiocese. Right. And you never know where that seed is going to land. It's going to land. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you put it so beautifully. Um, okay. So we're going to round things up here and we're going to say a prayer and then... Um, We'll be transitioning into the next programming, but... And I, uh, I just want to say, I'm not sure we've got volunteers on the phones, and we don't pay them overtime. Oh, okay. So we don't pay them anything. Okay. <laughs> but, so I'm not 100% sure that the phones are still being answered, but I'm going to give that number just in case, 470-508-1160. Okay. But I know that if you go to thequestatlanta.com or to the uh, to the app to on the your app. phone, the donate right. button, that's still going to yeah. work the rest of tonight and probably all day tomorrow as well. Right. Well, I think that uh, we're always taking donations, right? So yeah, absolutely. You could, yeah, so anytime, if you could not make a donation today, you could make it tomorrow, next week, next month. But mm-hmm. please do something to try to support the work that is being done over here at the Quest Atlanta. Okay. And I'd like to add, you know, I, mean, I became a monthly donor, I mean, soon after this conversion oh, you wow. know, ex- experience. And I know that radio stations like NPR, you'll hear this, like that monthly donors are the lifeblood of, of, of oh, the station. The station right. So I've put my money where my mouth is, so, right. so to speak, and would right. urge listeners to consider monthly uh, monthly donation. Absolutely. And our, and our, our uh, uh, Phil, he's our main uh, volunteer here. Right. He said the phones are still manned. So oh, if, right. if you do okay. want to call, it's so, 470 Okay, praise God. I'm glad people are still calling in. Yeah, yes. right. That's right. <laughs> No, Jeremy, thank you so very much. Maybe if we stay here the rest of the night, we could uh, raise (laughs) next year's budget (laughs) to just keep talking. (laughs) There we go. That's good. All right. Well, we thank all our listeners so much for helping out, for uh, tuning in and listening to the beautiful story, uh, Jeremy Noonan's story. And Jeremy, we pray for you and for your family. Uh, We ask that uh, Almighty God will help you and continue to guide and, and direct you on this journey. And I'm looking forward to uh, November 1st. Right, You know, (laughs) uh, everything being equal when you're able to receive the sacrament of confirmation. And and I also pray for your family. What's your wife's name? Kelly. Kelly. Okay. So if Kelly, you're listening, just know that Father Henry up in Lawrenceville is praying for you and for all the kids. Hi, I'm Alice from St. Brendan the Navigator Parish in Cumming, Georgia. Sorry about that. Well, sorry about that. We're trying to round up and we had a little technological mix-up, but... We are still on earth. We're not in heaven. So, <laughs> so right. not be perfect. So, but I was just giving a message out there to Kelly and to the, the kids that uh, thank you for uh, standing by this man, this good man, Jeremy, here in his journey of faith. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for this uh, last hour of the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive. And, and as I said, uh, please let your donations continue to come in. Uh, it only helps to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask you to please um, continue to donate, continue to support the quest. Uh, if you haven't yet downloaded the app on your phone, please consider doing that. And when you're on the road, wherever you are, uh, you could always tune in and listen to the wonderful programming that they have here on the quest. But also encourage other people to do so. Encourage other people to uh, make an effort to join in the, the mission of the quest. So, Jeremy, I'm going to give you the very last statement. And the very last statement I'm going to give you is if you have other people who are Reformed uh, Presbyterians or Calvinists who are listening, uh, what final message would you have for them about this transition that you've, you've been able to go through? Sure. I think just reiterating what we're talking about at the end, um, one, understanding that um, 
the way that the Catholic Church views the church is much more biblical than the way that any Protestant church views itself. Wow. It's clear in the Bible, if you're talking about Bible only, if that's your authority. Right. It's clear in the Bible that the main provision Jesus made for, um, for preserving the divine revelation that was in his person and his teaching right. was first and foremost, the church. Right. And then the Bible, the new Testament followed, followed from, from, from that over right. the, over the decades and, and centuries. The church is how is God's plan for preserving and passing on that revelation. Right. It's also clear that the church is meant to be a unified, visible institution. Right. Um, that all Christians are to be part of and that, and that, and that retains Christ's authority on earth. Absolutely. So there are compelling bu- biblical reasons to accept the Catholic view of itself, of the nature of the church. And then two, the, the many things that Calvin, uh, the Calvinist tradition aspired to do and preserve much of that's been lost in the Protestant tradition of the well, Protestant denominations. And there's reasons for that right. that have to do with the nature of Protestantism itself and its, and its foundations. Mm. And I found again, that the cracks in those things that those things are good. It's just that the Catholic Church gives a much more solid foundation, you know, rationally, historically, and institutionally, right? Um, right. You know, to support the the ideals that you know Calvinists have long sought after in yeah. in the Church. So I would right. just ask you to prayerfully consider um, those things if if you're considering Catholicism yourself. Oh, beautiful! I think that's a very wonderful way for for you to help us round things up here this evening. So. Um, I'd like to uh, extend a shout out to my family that has been very supportive, and I think their names came up also in the, some of the pledges they've made uh, mm-hmm. for my family. So, to my mom Josephine, to my brothers and sisters, and uh, and their spouses, thank them so much for all the support that they continue to give me. Yes, and, thank you. Yes, and to my wonderful, wonderful parish of Saint Lawrence, I am deeply grateful to all of them for their support. Uh, Anna also called a minute ago to say I'm not getting anything for my birthday. Well, Anna, I'm looking for three dimensions, okay? I know she's going to laugh at that. <laughs> they say I always give homeless in dimensions. So, <laughs> nice, nice. yeah, so, but anyway, so uh, 6.30, so we're going to wrap up and then we're going to have uh, the other programming continue on the quest. Yeah, Catholic, so Catholic Answers Live will be here Love shortly. Catholic Answers. Love Catholic Answers, okay. So we're going to conclude with a closing prayer. And then, uh, again, we encourage you to please continue to support and continue to make your donations, okay? Jeremy, thank you so very much. It was wonderful it's sharing this, to this be here. time what with privilege. you. Okay. It's good to meet you. All right. Establish you a too. lasting friendship, I Absolutely. hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we'll offer our prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for uh, blessing us with the gift of the church, that institution through which you continue to establish your presence here in our world. Uh, before your son ascended to heaven, he commissioned the apostles to go into the whole world and to proclaim the good news. It is this mission that continues to drive the church and continues to direct our activities. Uh, Today, we are grateful for blessing us, especially with the Quest Atlanta Radio that continues to participate and partner with the church in this great mission of evangelization. We ask you to bless all those who are behind the good work of this network, all those who continue to support the, uh, support the network with their time, talent, and treasure. We ask you also to bless them from your providential love. 
We ask that you bless Jeremy and his family, uh, Jeremy Kelly and all the children, and all those who have listened to us, and all those who continue to struggle with the, the process of conversion, that you send the Holy Spirit to deposit the seed of faith in their hearts, and that they will truly see in their church your presence, your body here on earth. We ask you to bless us in all things as we seek to give you glory. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.